time came when the ticker tape in the broker's office told a new story. It was panic. Sixteen and a half million shares of stock sold in a single day. Hey everybody. hey everybody, welcome to the show. What's up? Hey everybody, as you know, this himself, Lloyd yeah, Ross in the building. <laughs> Lloyd doesn't like well, my legend. You're a legend because you're you're taking that big swing in Alibaba. Yeah. That's right. You're a legend because you know it's been some big nuts. <laughs> some brass nuts. Yeah. Uh, as everybody knows, this is stock dirty. To me, the number one podcast for beginners investors from the Facebook group, Stock Market for Beginners. We have Dalt, the advisor from Banton Corp Capital Management in the house. Tony from... The antagonizer in the group. Yeah, the anta- one of the antagonizers <laughs> in the group. Uh, posting about villain. the villain. Yeah, the villain on the show. The villain. Uh, from the Stock Bros podcast and an amazing economist. And then we got the legend that is Lloyd Ross, millionaire money mentor and then you just have me over here being a podcast mogul so uh <laughs> yeah just you know i'll just slip in i'm just a podcast mogul i'm not i'm uh, still beginning my journey in the investing that's why i work with these legends all of them and that's what we want to do and help you guys grow so we created the show stock dirty to me so guys let's talk about some of the craziness uh let's it there's a there's an ape in the room that we need to address and that's amc Adult, why did, what's going on with AMC? Why did, what, what did you poke the bear for, the ape for? Well, apparently I only post about AMC when it goes down, but nobody wants to check my blog and the three articles I've written on AMC, written on AMC all year long. Like I've talked about AMC going up, going down, going sideways, I've talked about it all the time. But apparently uh, a lot of these new members uh, who don't know me, don't know the blog, um, think they only talk about it when it goes up, uh, when it goes down. It's not true. Uh, we've been warning people at AMC for a long time. Um mm-hmm. Everybody is still saying they have huge gains, but when they were getting 600 million, um, 600 million volume per day, that, that was when the stock was above $40. So the majority of people, I would say, own stock above $40. The volume nowadays is only like 30, $30 million. So um, there's very, very, very um, few people that have that bought when it was, the price was really low. So the majority of people are sitting on losses. And, you know, we try to warn people and get them out, but people... Um, like again, a lot of people just are just stubborn and they don't want to admit that they made a mistake or a bad trade. And we're all about helping people make smart investing decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've we've made a lot. Of, I know I know myself. I made a lot of mis- of mistakes that I've told people not to make, and they they each run down that road on their on their own. And I know you said Tony that sometimes you need to make the mistake yourself. Um, to actually learn from it like you can't you can't listen to someone say don't do that you're gonna go do it anyway right so it's just one of those things yeah i saw some people were offended by the the post that amc was down 15 percent today it's like well if that offends you then you're in for a rough time in life because life is (laughs) there's a lot of things in life that are going to be way more offensive that happen on a (laughs) day-to-day basis and all i really said is amc shareholders are going to the promised land that's all I said. And I posted the, the picture of the stock quote. Yeah, it was a little condescending, but I thought <laughs> little. Jesus. I think it's important. I think it's important to point out that speculation gets destroyed. Like it, it's a big lesson. And when you make b- big mistakes, you should have your face, um, you know, 
pushed. You should own. Up, you should own up to your a mistakes when face. you make them. Is that what you're saying? A pie it's in the stupid. face. I mean, it's dumb. Like, why would you look at the numbers? It's, it's, it's uninvestable. Like, I wouldn't touch it. So, that's how you learn. Yeah. <laughs> you learn. Yeah. Yep. All right. And typically, the people that own that they'll post photos of their portfolio, and everything is down huge. Like I've seen someone do that today in the thread, and it's like everything is down. And they posted a picture of their of some portfolio, and it was just like Tilray, all these junk stocks. And I'm like, yeah, of course they're all down. They're all down 10, 15 percent. But meanwhile, the market index is only down two percent today. So you know, what does that tell you? Yep. To me, it tells me get out. But that should tell you to get out, yeah. Yeah, the reckoning is coming with interest We're not rate making rise. fun of anybody. We're just telling you the facts of the situation. And, I mean, fundamentals matter. And when you look at the balance sheets and the financial reports, that's kind of what we're, we're telling you is the numbers don't lie. If your company has $4,000 cash on hand and you're losing $1.5 million a quarter, I'm not saying it's AMC, but it's another company we saw recently, and then people are asking, is this a good investment? Like, no. I mean, this company, I, you know, the average American has more cash in their bank account than this company does. So it's not a good sign. So, yeah. yeah. What you mean to say is in the short term, it's a voting machine. In the long term, it's a weighing machine. Yeah. Right. Correct. Bringing out things that we I don't think long term, long term, though, the people are like, oh, I'm in long term. They're not really. <laughs> Long term, well, they, they think long term is over a, a month. That's a long term investment, a month. Yeah, because they term. they think that all stocks do at the beginning of like 2020, how they like all these meme stocks boost up, and all stocks are supposed to do that. That's how everybody got rich. When in in actuality, like if you look at anybody who has a billion dollars portfolio, it took years for them to get there. And it was over time and the compounding interest. It took years, not months. Mm -hmm. And I think people forget that wealth is built over time. Yeah. 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 Yep. A, lot, a lot of the people trading AMC too, they're, they're typically small port portfolios. They're trying to turn $500 yeah. into 2.5 million in two months or less. <laughs> and you know, you, when you, when you do that and we've all, we've all been there though, right? We've all yeah, been I've there. tried it. I've we've tried all made it. these, these yeah. mistakes. That's, that's how we know to tell people don't make these mistakes. Right. But um, I bought but, stupid stuff too. Yeah. It it's can't just, be done. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. And, you don't know any better until you're in the market long enough. Um, well, we got our first comment. Dorf oh, we've had a few. We had oh, a few. We well, Anybody one of them is uh, someone uh, Feel free someone to ask just questions. flirting with me from uh, from the ground, so I'm not going to. Uh, you get the number, that. or what are you going to do? Uh, I may go, go for the number. I may go for yeah. the number. Uh, but we got someone asking, uh, should it's, uh, wait, here we go. Stock or myself, which one should I invest in more? Ooh. Oh, let's let let's let Lloyd answer that. Yes, Lloyd, I've stock or myself? Should, which one should I invest in more? Well, if you just invest in stocks and that's it, you will be limited to how much money you can make. It, for two reasons: number one, you won't have the ability to go earn more cash to invest because you haven't invested in yourself. The second one is you'll hit a point in your in your investing where you'll just be like you'll be kind of stuck. You'll be asking, you'll be dependent on people's opinions and you won't be able to make your own decisions. So when I was younger, I spent thousands of dollars learning lots. Like that, I knew I could always make money eventually. So I was like, well, it's better to learn what to do with the money so I could, when I earn, I know what to do with it. I think that's really paying a dividend now. 
I think too many people are trying to invest without in, in investing in themselves. And that's where they're getting caught out in these, these meme stocks. They're trying to invest without the knowledge. So I would say investing in yourself is more important because once you learn something, you become the asset. If you treat yourself like an asset, you have, you require maintenance and, and upskilling and you require, you know, investment. And once you do that, you can't unlearn what you've learned. So you become this asset that can then go up and print money. And I think Warren Buffett said the best investment he ever made was a hundred dollar Dale Carnegie course that taught him how to be a better public speaker. And I think you look at how that's helped him now. It's, it's tremendous. So I would say invest in yourself first. Absolutely. And I think all of us here have done that in a similar way by trying to start your own business, like side hustle business, um, something you like to do for fun that you can make some money on it and maybe grow it over time. And that's kind of what, you know, kind of what we're doing with this group. Like, yes, I mean, it's no secret we've made some money, but we're also really trying to help people, you know, and we're not trying to take advantage of people. That's what, if we were, we would tell you to go buy AMC and we would tell you to do all the stupid shit, but we're not. And we would launch our own coin and tell you to buy our coin. (laughs) It went up a couple cents, sell it and it drops dramatically. We would never do that. We would never make a meme coin, But, um, but also like, it's okay. A lot of people are like, don't pay for, don't pay for a course. Don't pay for this. That's stupid. You can get it for free. Well, as someone like myself, when I first started investing, I didn't know anything. I was just buying things. I didn't really understand anything. I didn't even know where to start looking. I was just reading articles and trying to learn, but there's just so much information and it's hard to find everything in a condensed course. That's easy to understand. So Lloyd and myself both have courses that would be helpful and they're very affordable. So. But also this group is free, so you can learn a lot from this group. One of the things that Lloyd actually from his book, Money Grows on Trees, which is an amazing book, you should you should get it. Um, a good is, start too. Yeah. It is a great start because you buy that book, you learn, and it, he teaches you how he got to having a million-dollar portfolio. And it's like you earn some money and you reinvest it. You reinvest it. So if your side hustle made you $100, reinvest that into a course. Like if you start your investing and you can, you saw you made a profit from it, but from the free stuff, take and find a $100 course and invest in that $100 course because that's going to bring you, if a yeah. free free course gave you $100, a course that actually someone put some time and effort like Tony or, uh, or Lloyd did, that's going to bring you more money because they're invested in making sure that you make money. So yep. paying for courses is just another way I of investing we, in yourself. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say I think we have hands down the best investing group on Facebook. Like, yeah, yeah, I find we, it like I'm reading. We have I some would, contention, but no, I would agree with you 100, 100. Um, it is the best investing group on on Facebook, and I'm reading through some of the comments on that AMC post. People threatening leaving. I mean, you can do that, but can say, say goodbye. <laughs> to, say goodbye to 7:30 p.m. every Wednesday live videos because no one does that. Say goodbye. Free articles, free podcasts, free articles, free, free podcasts, free information that Stay we good. actually spend time re- researching for you. Yeah, an actual yeah. mod who has actually passed the Series Seven e-, e equivalent test. Say goodbye to that because all the other mods and admins out there know nothing. Are self-taught. They're self-taught, yeah. so they don't know like the. We have know, a certified financial advisor. Yeah, we have <laughs> we have a millionaire in the group that does our. You know what I mean? Right. So. Like, I spent like thousands of dollars getting licensed. Like it's, it's, it's a $1,300 course and you have to go through all this testing, all this studying. So like, yeah, you guys can leave, but trust me, you will not be better off. 
Because you're only going to get the echo chamber of meme stocks. Where, like, this is specifically made. This group is to grow your thing. Get them on this show right now. So (laughs) many people in this thing. I'm like, oh my god, you guys are are ridiculous. Go ahead and leave. But you're losing a lot of content and engagement, and like, and value. Like, our group is so engaged, and when someone's putting in about a certain stock, everybody jumps in and talks about it. Yeah, and says their pros and cons to it, and so you get this like well wisdom of like the crowd type mm-hmm. thing. But you also have people who have successfully, sorry, hold on, successfully. It's really weird because I'm pointing off to the side, and you guys aren't really there. Successfully have made like millions of dollars, and you're investing in that. So it's weird. Weird why you would threaten to leave over this. I think it. You think if you're really wanting to like, there's this thing I talk about in my new book. Actually, it's right here. Look at that. Yeah, that sucker. Oh. Just finished it. Hey. Uh, I talk about that's it. Oh nice. <laughs> anyway, I talk about this thing called proximity, like power and proximity. And the stories about how you know Tony Robbins went on a on a trip once, he paid twenty five thousand, hang out with billionaires. It ended up translating to one of the billionaires putting together a four hundred million dollar deal for him. And in my if I look back at my journey, I've paid for proximity to people. And things, even up till recently, right? Part of that big position in Bubble was this payment of proximity for mentorship and, and so just not mentorship. I knew what I, I know what I'm doing, but more just a mindset shift of I need to play bigger. So as you make more money and get a big portfolio, you have to you just got to grow more balls, basically. Yeah, we're always uh, learning. You know, yeah, we're, so all, you, we're all learning. You got to pay. Doesn't matter really what level you're at. I think I learn every day. I learn something every day from yeah. the group. Someone will post yeah. something. I'll research Definitely. it. Like every day i'm learning something new yeah and there's it's awesome and yeah it, it, it gets harder lloyd as you get a bigger portfolio right because like if you're totally. purchasing a thousand dollars worth of stock you send that order through it gets eaten up in the exchange no problem you send a half a million dollar order through the through the exchange you're going to cause a lot of ruckus in the exchange right so yeah, you when you play on a bigger scale, it's a lot. I hate harder. it when that happens. You need to make money. It <laughs> just happened yeah. last week. I'm you always know. crashing the market every. But it's time. really it's interesting because it's what happens when I talk to people about crypto as well and any of the meme stocks. The reason why they go, oh, why aren't you doing? That? I'm like, you can't confidently deploy half a million dollars into any of that shit. Like you just can't because there's no way of valuing a lot of it because it doesn't produce any cash flow or whatever it might be. So. I think it te- if you become a real intelligent investor, the whole world changes. You have to know what you're doing. You have to know what something's worth because you can't deploy your money and sleep easy at night if you can't value it. And so I think a lot of these things happen when people are playing with a thousand bucks. And and I th- the biggest problem I see people make too is they're trying to turn their investing into an income. Like they're trying to turn their investing into a business yes. at a really early age and they're getting it mixed up. You have to have a business or a way to earn cash flow here and then turn that into investing over here, which is you don't touch. You just make one good trade a year, one every couple of years, really good quality, and you don't touch the flipping thing for 20 years. That's how you make money. And it's getting mixed up. They're trying to trade their way to an income to leave their job. And that's not what I would suggest. Yeah. And, and you know, what? that's the problem I ran into is now, I mean, obviously, I don't know everything, but I know what my investing strategy is. And I know what I need to do. The problem is just the, the capital. Like my, you know, after when you, I'm just using my paycheck and there's only so much you can allocate to everything and you got bills and other things to pay. So, uh, that's like you said, it's, it's about finding that side hustle to add more income to your investments and just keep buying better, good investments. 
I think a lot of people are trying to do the opposite where they're just trying to like you exactly what you said is just trade your way to money rather than finding a way to make money and then put that into an investment. Yeah. And I've done that too. I was guilty of that a couple of years ago. I was trying to make trades and then I realized like, wow, this is so stressful. And I learned about ETFs and investing in market indexes and it just, it's just so much, it's so much easier to sleep at night when you do that, you know? It's so much easier to sleep. I, I would literally go to bed and have dreams about stocks in the beginning. <laughs> I'd be like, I need to, I'd be like writing out portfolios in my head in my sleep of what I'm going to buy. And then now I just buy ETFs and I have a couple stocks, but that I just sit on yeah. but I, ETFs and I just add to them every week and I sleep like a baby. So, yeah. And that's a good strategy. I mean, and I learned someone... that from you. I, I learned some of that from you. And the first time I talked to you and my brother, yeah. I knew I knew about it already, but talking to you reaffirmed my beliefs and made like, okay, yes, I'm definitely on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you haven't read a book called um, The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel, it's really good. And he just, part of this game is staying in the game and just compounding. And I just think no one's prepared to get rich slow. They just want to get rich quick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you're younger too, if you're in your 30s, like we're all in our 30s. You you have a I know we joke about being old, but you have a lot of time. Have at like, least another thirty years 20, left. 25 to years to invest into the market before you need to retire, unless you're Lloyd, who's already retired. <laughs> you, by the way. But <laughs> but the rest of us that are trying to reach that goal, even if you're like fifty and younger, you still have a good amount of time, like 10, 15 years. Yeah. A lot of time for compounding interest. All that means is you need to add more money. So you got to mm-hmm. find ways to make more money. You yep. got to catch up on that lost time, but yeah. And, and selling every time you think the market's going to drop is a bad strategy. Yeah. And don't like one, the one piece of advice I'm going to give, because uh, I've been, I've been served my fair dose of, of humble pies throughout my investing career. One thing is, is um, you're, you're probably going to be wrong a lot. And, and to listen to people who have gone through what you have gone through, and be able and be able to process that and apply it to your own trading is an absolute invaluable experience. I remember when I was this was twenty fourteen. I don't know how old I was, but um, I have a friend of the family who's a uh, one of my mom's friends who's a CFA. And at the time, I was just fresh out of university, uh, twenty two years old. Come out, and I think I know a lot about the stock market. And I go to meet with this guy, and I'm telling him all about stocks and this and that. He looks at me. He he doesn't say a word when I'm talking. After I'm done talking, he said, "You don't know shit." <laughs> and he said he wrote down some stuff on a piece of paper. He said, "Here's here's the news publications I want you to follow. Here's the books that I want that I want you to read." And That's he so even funny. gave me one of his books, and I still have that book to this day. Um, um, and I, over the next year, I just I went on a tear. I read all the books. I had I had a thirst for more. Um, I went and did all my securities testing, which cost me thousands of dollars, but I spent a lot of money on myself and I had, I had the, the, I was, uh, the, the kind of humility to say, you know what? Okay. A humbleness to just take a step back and say, okay, I didn't know everything I thought I did, but if I go through all this, I'm going to know a hell of a lot. And so I just took it upon myself to stick my nose in books and read and read and read and study and pass the test to get where I am now. But at the beginning, I didn't know shit. But there's two types of people in that moment. 
people that say this guy doesn't know shit and I'm the smartest guy in the room. And you're going to go away repeating the same mistakes for the rest of your whole investing career. And then there's a guy that says, okay, maybe I didn't know as much as I thought I did. And I'm going to go and take this upon myself to learn as much as possible. And that might, that might entail that you have to smash your whole investment philosophy, your whole investment strategy and start from new because everything you thought worked about yeah. the market wasn't true. I had to do that. Yeah. I've done that a couple of times in the beginning. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, when, yeah, when you sell, can do that, you make huge yeah. growth. Huge. Yeah. yeah. That's really clever. That's good. That's the power of mentorship. You know, like that one meeting with that guy, uh, he put you on the path and you were coachable. And the two people you're talking about are victims or victors. Victims, you say, they're not coachable. They say, oh, I already know that stuff. You know what you're talking about. And the victors go, oh, I'm open. I don't know what I'm talking about. My ego's in check. Teach me. Yeah. And that's that, that's what you that's what you do, you know. Uh, yeah, it's uh, building that compounding. Like I've quoted this many times and I've quoted it in my course. Uh, you know, compounding interest is said by who? Albert Einstein himself. The mo one of the most powerful things in the world, the ninth, ninth wonder of the world, he said. And that's because one of his famous quotes was, those who understand it earn it, those who don't pay it. So meaning if you understand how compounding interest works, you're going to make good investments. You're going to stick to your investments, keep adding to them. And if you don't understand how it works, you're going to have yourself in debt. You're going to have credit cards. You're going to take on loans. The people that have all kinds of credit card debt and high interest debt, are those are the people that don't understand how it works and it kills you in the opposite direction. Um, so it's always smart to keep your debt low and uh, keep investing. And it's a powerful thing when you see it start to add up. I remember like the first time, you hit a thousand dollars. You're like, oh my god, I got a thousand dollars invested. Then you hit five thousand dollars. Like, oh my. Then you hit ten thousand dollars, and it's like, holy shit, I have five <laughs> digit. You know, I have a five digit portfolio. And then you hit twenty thousand dollars and twenty five thousand dollars, and it's it's just like it just feels so amazing that you have this much money, and it's not a lot of money for you know like not a lot of money for I don't know the average person who might have a four hundred and one k that they've been adding to for a long time. But for the average American, $25,000 is a lot of money to have. And it's a really amazing buffer. So just things happen in life all the time. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like all the video games you can finally buy when you grow up. You're like, my God. <laughs> yes. I can finally yeah. get the PS5. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I remember when I hit uh, $10,000 for the first time, and it was just like such an amazing feeling. And I felt like so accomplished. So now I'm in that goal to hit a hundred thousand dollars. And it's just like the day, like, you know, when you hit those goals, it just feels like, man, all this hard work is paying off. It's bliss. It's slow, but it just keeps building over time and it's fast. Yeah. Sometimes it happens so fast. I mean, it's incredible if you just stick yeah. to it. Mm -hmm. It's bliss. Anyway, yeah. should we get into some topics? Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, we got some time left to talk about some topics. Let's let's let let's talk about let's talk about Facebook because and I guess that can sort of tra transition or you mean meta you mean yeah you mean meta that can transition into the metaverse conversation. I'm sorry, I might have to blow my nose here. I think I'm getting sick. I'm sorry. I apologize if I keep sniffling into the microphone. You're getting sick from all the memes, the meme stuff. I actually, I actually like what what um, I actually like what he's done. What Zuckerberg has done with naming the company Meta, he's 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 a very smart guy, and I think that I know like I know for a fact that Facebook has had a very rough 
year and even a very rough like last five years yeah. in comparison to other fang stocks seems like people really don't understand just how powerful facebook is like you look at last year everybody boy boycotts facebook all all the big guys at at least starbucks coca-cola lululemon and all these companies because of their handling of content on their platform facebook says okay middle of a pandemic record revenue record profits go screw yourself they're so I don't think people really understand how sticky Facebook's revenue is and hard to disturb it actually is. And so mm. just the advertising on a Facebook or an Instagram or a WhatsApp, that's their core business. That's what they're all about. And that business is very powerful. The advertising business, you know, Facebook, Google, these companies, that's very powerful. It's very hard to disturb because we live in capitalism and there's always advertising. And so what they're doing with this meta now, you know, to try and uh, push up their their Oculus brand. Name, re, rename the company Meta, and maybe a lot of the um, retail investors, especially a lot of the new ones, might actually flock to Facebook because Metaverse is like a buzz is like a buzz a buzzword. But if these guys flock to there for the Metaverse, which is such a very tiny part of Facebook's whole business right right, right now, they're going to end up owning a really good company anyway. The thing is, whether the Metaverse options for Facebook succeed or fail, they're still going to grow like crazy over the next five, 10, 20 years. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of like this is just a bonus for that stock. That's the way I feel about it. I kind of like the whole re rebranding thing, and I've always liked Facebook as a stock. Yeah, yeah it's pretty, Facebook's it's a no brainer. I mean, do you own stocks in it? Uh, I do well, not. I do not. I, but it is on. It I is own on the next list. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Um, anything but yeah. the only three stocks I own is Apple, Microsoft. And Bank of America. That's it. And I've had them all for a while. Um, Apple, I'm really proud. I wish I bought more, but that's everyone's problem when they made money, I guess. Warren Buffett's like probably saying the same thing. Yeah, I only bought 10 (laughs) shares when it was $97, and now it's like $168 or something. It's great business. Yeah. 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 Um, With Microsoft, though. Microsoft, I did really well on. Microsoft has done really well. That's, you better, that's my best one. You better just send me your stock tips and I'll just. <laughs> well, I, I bought it. I bought them when the market crashed. I didn't even, I didn't even really, if I knew, I felt good about it. But if I actually knew what I was doing, like I do now, I would have put all every dollar I had of my life savings into those stocks. Yeah. <laughs> but I only put a grand each into them. But I was too nervous. Yeah, that's the thing you have to do, right? When you see an opportunity, you got to swing big. So yeah, it, it's hard though. What are what are you, what are your thoughts, Lloyd, on 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 Facebook and this whole metaverse? Uh, yeah, into? I like I like Facebook. I mean, our whole business is run on Facebook. I needed to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we're on but, Facebook right now. Yeah, yeah like I, philosophically, I look, at, I look at businesses like that. Like the other day when it when it went out, when Insta- when Facebook went down and Instagram, like the world was fucked. <laughs> like everybody was, was like, like, "What are we doing?" Like, what are we gonna do? And so oh, I was yeah, like, "The moat, right. yeah. the yeah, moat, the moat just appeared to me." I was like, "That's a really strong moat. Uh, it's highly dependable. Very strong network effects, obviously." Um, it's largely a monopoly play almost in the in the in the social space. It and Mark's a really smart guy and he's young and and he's very relentless with winning. And those are the subjective things I look at when I look at Facebook because he, looking at its revenue and its and its earnings, it's incredible business, very sticky. 
doesn't you know diversifying outside advertising would be good to see uh i think just to diversify its income types of income streams yeah um that's the only concern i would see there but i think some pretty good entry prices coming through now i mean it just got decimated over the last 24 hours so i think i like it i, I like it and I know this meta thing is interesting. Like I can see it being Web three for sure. Like I can understand that concept that we're all going to spend ninety percent of our time in the meta. Like I can see that actually happening. Um, so I think it's a longer term play, and he's going to spend ten billion, I think it is, on on developing that um, in the next five years. So that's exciting. I, I think it's great. Yeah, I, I would comfortably buy it, but I think the best way to play that is to is to maybe go into a Fang ETF or or yeah, 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 NASDAQ. yeah, that's how I would approach that. Which, you participate which, in it, which would probably like be like one of the SP 500 growth ETFs, I, like VU, yeah. SPY G, yeah, the ones that are weighted yeah. heavy in the top 510. Yeah, I think you do well. I think the NASDAQ's just fucking like <laughs> it's just obliterated the the any other broad based index. So I think it's it's pretty gnarly. Like, I I'd love to be in the NASDAQ. I just think, God, who knows how overvalued the tech stocks are. I don't know. It's hard to see with rates so low. So I'd like to buy Facebook, but I think it's just too, everything's just so flipping expensive. I feel like Facebook and like Microsoft, Apple, Google, all yeah. great companies. And I, like my strategy, just me personally, I would wait until there something does happen. Like say the market does drop like 10%. I'd put a couple grand into Facebook or whatever and just let it sit for years. And yeah. just, I probably wouldn't even add anything to it. Just like I'm going to do with Apple and Microsoft. I think I'm just going to hold them for a decade and, and maybe I'll 10 X my money. Like who knows? I don't know. Probably. My money. That's when so, I, that's, that's how I first got, got into um, a lot of the U S stocks I have now, because uh, when the stock market crashed, even though I got eaten up alive on the, um, on the currency, exchange because us us dollar went well above uh the canadian but i got a chance to get in in names like google and mastercard and i wanted these companies for like ever i'm so obsessed yeah. with mastercard and google for years and i'm just like ah, i finally get the chance now these things are trading at nothing and that's actually when i first got into them but yeah i mean i think they're just i, I have strong. a question for you guys so if you put a five thousand ten thousand dollars in a facebook and i know you said you think everything's overvalued i, I tend to agree but who knows what's going to happen if it's going to drop we don't know but where don't you see five years from now facebook being worth more per share than it is today so even if you put five grand into facebook now and it does drop 10 15 percent five years from now don't you think it's going to be much higher than it is today anyways oh yeah December first, twenty twenty six. Facebook. If you put ten thousand in, that's going to be at least twenty. Hard at to least, lose. At least hundred percent gain. That's yeah. what I mean. So even if it's even if it's overvalued, kind of doesn't really matter if you hold it long term. You don't really that's worry right. about the right. short term. Yeah. I think that's, that's the thing. Right. A lot of people in the group I see that they'll buy like uh, like we had the other day a post about Apple like. Apple's. It, I, I'm just getting sick of this stock. It's barely. It's barely doing anything. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's up 38 percent this year, and <laughs> you know, it, it's like, what else do you want? 
500% over the last five years. They want 500% yeah. in two days. DWAC. Come on. DWAC. Digital World Acquisition. It's just impatience. And I, I, I understand because I was doing the same thing when I started. Like, it'd be like a week. And I'm like, what's happening? I, I only made a dollar. Like, what's going on? You just got to you gotta put the money into something great and just forget about it. And stop looking at it 10 times a day. You yeah. know? I don't I even know if the market closed that today. It's a, it's I know a good, it was good. It's a good um, point to bring up in if you buy a great company at a fair price is better than buying a fair company at a great price. And yeah, there's brilliant businesses out there. You can buy at any price and they just dominate forever. There's a great book. Everyone can read really good book called a hundred baggers. You can get it online. It's pretty cheap. It's one of the best books you can read on investing. And it just talks about buying high quality and just sitting on it. Like what you just said, Tony, you know, it doesn't really matter about the entry price. It matters about the quality. And yeah. the, the one stock that does that, that no one really talks about, no one knows about, it's boring as hell, but it's a monopoly just about. It's return on equity is a thousand percent a year. Now, to put that in perspective, you're talking about Baba. You're nah, talking about Baba. No, no, no. Baba's return on equity is like 15 or 20%. But uh, Apple's return on equity. So when you're looking at the quality of a business, you look at its re- how it returns its equity without too much leverage, right? Apple's return on equity is like 150%, which is l- l- incredible. And it's only selling at 30 times earnings. I think Apple seemingly cheap at the moment. But if you look at this company, it's got a – that's why also when Dalton said MasterCard, it's a great business because its return on equity is up there too. It's, 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 it's so high, I think. Um, is it in They're 100%? monopoly themselves, MasterCard. Yeah. But here's the thing, this 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 business I'm talking about, a thousand percent ROE consistently, which means you can buy it at almost any price and you win. <laughs> right? Do you know what company it is? It's, it's just so fucking boring, but it's amazing. Amazon. You know, no. Google. Fair, you fair, fair sign? No. No. Is it a is it a top five hundred ETF or is it in the SP five? Yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah, definitely. Visa? Uh, it's worth about seventy billion. Is it billion. a tech company? No. Nah. Johnson tech company. Johnson. Nah. Seventy uh, billion. It's a small guy. I don't know what is it. It. Uh, what are the big ones? Uh, Warren Buffett. Clark. Eight. It's Warren Geico. Buffett's. Six, it's Warren Buffett's eighth, oh, uh, six or seventh. No, nah, sixth or seventh largest position in his portfolio. Big. He's, he owns eight billion worth of stock. Well, American American Express. Nah. <laughs> diner, not diners. I'm literally like going to give you. No. Nah. Okay, what is it? Okay. Coca-Cola. <laughs> no, that's his third line. I'm just trying to straws here. I don't know. So this this business is so monopolized that it, you can't actually – you have to use the business. And even during the GFC where it just fucking created absolute fraud in the world, it still went up. Right? Moody's. Moody's? Moody's, Moody's, yeah. Moody's. Oh. Moody's, man. You go look at the numbers. A thousand percent ROE. It's Never mental, Moody's. actually. Never. Manish, you know, you guys know Manish Prabhai, right? He's a big uh, super investor. He bought lunch with Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger for, for four million, I think. But he's a big super investor. He runs a portfolio of two hundred million, and he reckons he said that Moody's is the best business in the world, and Warren Buffett owns. It, it, he he believes so too. Uh, he just can't kill it. <laughs> Is that like a, a credit karma type of a rating? It's a rating. They're, they're they're the guys who rated the bonds in the subprime mortgage <laughs> crisis. Rated them all triple A. Yeah. Oh. Even though even though they were like they were like C's. 
And oh, well, then that's an indestructible business. If that didn't bring them Indestructible, <laughs> man. They committed, they committed fraud. <laughs> Systemically. They yeah. almost crossed the world, and they still went up. So banks banks pay them to do ratings on their on their on uh, yeah. any securities. Yeah. Yeah. Not just that, they have to pay them. Yeah. <laughs> well, for those that, that is yeah, for those that invest in Berkshire Hathaway or S and P five hundred ETFs or any really Nasdaq ETF. I hear a lot of the ethical investing. I got news for you. Almost all of these companies have done something unethical oh, yeah. because we're all humans and humans yeah. do fucked up shit sometimes. Yeah. So, also, money doesn't give a fuck about ethicalness. Yeah. It only cares I, about money. I understand like if not if the Nazis had a, a Nazi coin or something, I wouldn't yeah. invest in that. But yeah. you know, like don't give them ideas. It's gotta be something extreme. You know, for yeah. me to be like, no, I'm I'm not gonna invest in that. If you follow a company for long enough, it's like if you if a police officer followed you around, I don't care if you're the best, easiest driving granny of all time has never been booked, you know, pulled over for anything from the police. If you were to follow that woman forever in a police car, you'll she will get done. Because <laughs> yeah. that's, you, a, good, you know, that's you know, a good analogy. And the same yeah. as every other business, like every big company, if, if you look close enough, you're gonna find they're breaking the law. And it's Somewhere. people make up the company. It's it's yeah. it's like the government. It's like the government. It's like well, people make up the government. Like a couple bad actors makes everybody look horrible. You know, that's right. Yeah, so it's something you have to. It, it's not necessarily the company. It yeah. could be two or three people in the company. So, so we, think, just just before yeah. we continue here, we have someone asking: Is Moody M O C? The stock ticker. Oh, I, I completely misread it because I'm an idiot. It is. I did too. No, I did too. I, oh, thank God. Yeah. I'm not. A, okay. We can yeah, continue. Warren, Warren, Warren owns a lot of that. Like when you, when you said Lloyd, like high return on, on e equity and monopoly, I was thinking of, of VeriSign. Yeah. So Warren, Warren, Warren owns 11 of VeriSign, 13 of Moody's. Yeah. And VeriSign is the same thing. It's a monopoly. They own the government contract for the .com domain. So every time everybody yeah. in the, world renews a dot-com domain verisign yes. is the company that gets paid and like you can't nobody can ever compete with that contract because they've won it every year in the last 20 years so yeah. it's like they're gonna get paid like it just and the internet grows every day and so they're always getting paid more every day it's kind of a ridiculous business i, I can't you know? even hammer this point home enough and we've already talked about it a couple times he owns so the many people that stuff. are trading stocks and they're stressing out every freaking day yeah. Go buy a company like Berkshire Hathaway. That's essentially a, a, a mutual fund full of companies that have already been in, been vetted by expert financial advisors, economists, and you know, longtime investors. That they go through all of these companies' financials. They do all the work for you. Mm -hmm. Invest in the invest in that. Invest in an I, ETF. You know what I mean? It's 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 simple. So any, it's actually, like, anything that Warren owns 10 to 20 per, uh, percent of they're assigned to, uh, Tony you own Bank of America Moody's yeah. and American Ic, Ic Express those four companies that are between 10 and 20 percent of Warren's port portfolio those are all gold hmm. yeah oh gold. yeah it's, I made most of my money I made most of my money in Berkshire Hathaway actually that's where I made I bought it at 80 dollars a share hey. um, and I and right now I've got to say I've been looking at it is undervalued now it's like sitting at 277 
obviously it was super undervalued during the crash but right now it's like ridiculously undervalued a lot of the super investors are actually buying it i think lee lu who actually is who charlie munger gave his money to to manage he even bought some and it's undervalued to the point where warren's just he spent 50 billion dollars of berkshire hathaway's earnings buying back stock last year Whew. that's a lot of money the one, where the one the one thing i like about berkshire is berkshire kind of lags the index slightly but when mm. the index goes down, he outperforms it massively. Like today, Berkshire yeah. lost zero point six one percent. Yeah, yeah. Over like base. over like the what last think, five though, days, they're down like one Apple, or two percent. Like Apple has been up the past week, and they have such a large holding in Apple too. Yeah, in Berkshire, right? Yeah, I think they own five percent of the company. They're very very um, steady. The thing with Berkshire is like it's undervalued, I think, because everyone's waiting for Warren and Charlie to die. Yes. Like, I feel like it's got a Warren risk, like a, a key man risk discount to it right now. Yeah. And I feel like Todd and Ted Weschler, Todd Coombs and Ted Weschler, who are the investment managers there, I think they're really good. Like I think th they came up with the Apple idea. You think that's going to crash the stock? I do think it, not crash, but I, I think, think it's going to drop it. I think it'll create an opportunity. Yeah. Well, no, because that's the, probably when I would buy in, it. In the, in the summer, they already, they already named who they yeah. were going to choose. It's, it's a guy from uh, Canada from out, out West, who's going to be managing oh, and taking it. him oh. over. And the stock has, <laughs> the stock has kind of been flat ever since that yeah. announcement since I think it was June or July. And it's pretty much the same price as it was in June or July. Is he still yeah. the CEO? Is he the CEO? Greg, Greg Abel. Is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's Greg like, Abel, Greg Abel is the guy that's going to be yeah. running I, the business. I feel like it would be a smart move for them to transition out of that now and make him the CEO, you know what I mean? And get Warren like out of that. I don't CEO. think Warren's going to do, I don't think he's going to, he loves, I think he loves, it's his bait. Watch man. him live another decade too. Uh, so I'm, oh, he I'm, will. Yeah, he will. All those super investors, like they went, they live till they're a hundred, man. Yeah. Well, he eats, well, he eats the same thing every day. Like this Mc, is a man of routine. McDonald's. Yeah. 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 McDonald's. Speaking of Charlie Munger, he just doubled down again on Baba, your your favorite investor. He did. He did. He did. He did. He went in. Well, he's he going to get 80. deep. You go. He's he's going to get deep in that. Yeah, I think like so. he's probably going to own a large portion of Baba. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Lloyd I and Charlie see. Munger are going to own the majority of Baba. <laughs> I, I got a, I got a friend. He he's put in ten million. Uh, <laughs> and. And oh yeah, you know, like my Bruce, friends are doing that all Bruce, time. Bruce, oh, Bruce. <laughs> so here's the thing with if we, can we talk? Do you want to talk about Bubba? It's a big yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, sure. So it's fucking all over Twitter. Like it's you go check it out. It's like the world's collapsing around China. So the major, if you look at the business, wonderful free cash flow powerhouse, right? And if the stock gets cheap enough, they'll continue to buy back shares. So it could put a floor in the price, like what Apple did. But we'll see. I think the biggest risk is everyone thinks it's going to delist or everyone thinks the Chinese government is going to cancel contracts on VIE and just not. So like the risks are China's going to kill their own businesses. One, the second risk is they're going to delist, which is not really a risk because you can still own in the OTC markets and relist on HK with your broker. So these are big uncertainties. I think that's scaring the crap out of like American shareholders in the Chinese businesses right do you do you believe that china is going to have them start spinning off businesses that's what that's what i what i what i heard that's I think what that's i think very yeah. concerning 
I think they're gonna break you guys got to sell sell this media empire and spin it off. You guys got to sell this and spin it off. I think it's part of the process of giving them the fifteen billion in um in community money. It's like a tax, okay. right? They're getting taxed at like sixteen percent of the Cayman Islands anyway. Like they're not paying. They're not paying drastic amounts of tax. Like they should be paying more tax to the Chinese government. It makes it's kind of using it as a tax, I think, and it makes a lot of sense. I don't think the Chinese are looking to get their biggest retailer. I just that that to me would be a pretty stupid thing to do. It'd be pretty um, dumb, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not suggesting Chinese that you know, Jinping's dumb. Like he, he seems pretty bright, but who knows what flipping Chinese? I've been in business with Chinese people, and they're like they do some crazy shit. I don't know why, <laughs> but but they do. But yeah. So do so do so do us. We do as well. I'm not we all do, yeah. You know, but but they they do business differently. They think differently. But uh, what I do know is that the business seems to be intact. Like it just these usually when you see a stock fall like that, it's it's hemorrhaging money. It's it's you know like I, I bought this travel company. It was flipping hemorrhaging. It was it was raising capital. It was just dropping like a stone, and that made sense to me. It doesn't make sense that it's all the uncertain. Like, it, I get why people are selling out with these uncertainties, but I guess you'll never find a cheap quality business unless there is the uncertainty around it. And I think what people are yeah. looking for is a cheap stock where it's completely certain and confident. That that, that those people were buying it at three hundred dollars a share. Yeah. Now they now they're paying the price for that because you pay a really hefty price for a cheery consensus. So the idea is that you want to buy these great businesses when they're on their operating table with a temporary problem. I see the VIE thing and the delisting thing as a temporary roadblock. If they do delist, it's still not going to kill the business. The business is intact. You just trade on a different exchange. Right? It doesn't not to say the price is going to fall out its ass to 50 bucks, which it probably would. And I'd try and pick up a lot more. I just have to cop it sweet to see my portfolio fall by so much. But they're the types of risks you've got to participate in if you want to be a decade millionaire. Like I'm Sabrina's not playing- got a question for you, Lloyd. I'll agree with that. What percentage of your portfolio should you put in Baba? I have 30%. 31%. Now, well, there it is. 31%. Yeah. It's hefty. It's swinging. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. Charlie Munger's got 20. Yeah. Greg Alexander, this guy called Greg Alexander. You guys heard of him? No. I heard of Alexander the Great. (laughs) Greg Alexander the Great, investor. He is a, a disciple of the Sequoia Fund uh, run by a guy called Rick. What's his last name? Uh, I forget his last name. But he Rick grew up with Warren in the same environment. I think I've even heard of that fund. Right? I've heard of that fund before. Yeah, Sequoia Fund. So he started the Sequoia Fund. And so Warren would send people over to Rick to manage money because when Warren closed his fund, he's like, I'm not managing money. I'm going to go see Rick. And so Greg Alexander was a disciple of Rick. Rick Gur- Rick Gruen, I think his name is. Anyway, so Greg Alexander has grown up as this super investor, very unknown, very, very unknown guy, but very, very smart. And he's one of the few people Warren Buffett says he would give his money to to manage. And Greg Alexander has bought $300 million of Alibaba, and it now represents at least 30% of his portfolio. It's a billion-dollar portfolio, something like that, right? So, and he just went into 30% more when it dropped and Charlie just put in more. Now, uh, Ray Dalio, who's a big bull on China, been there going there for 30 years. He just bought 3.2 million shares in Alibaba through his fund just the other day. And so I think a lot of these guys who have made billion, they're multi-billionaires. 
this is how they play the game. Like you have to understand that they're not incrementally investing in index funds. Even though Warren is a big proponent of that and he would do that and he'd said, I'd buy the S&P 500 in a heartbeat and keep adding to it. He knows that's a sure strategy. But the way he made his money is he bought Coca, Warren Buffett bought Coca-Cola when they brought out New Coke and completely was destroyed. And he bought it cheap, right? And he bought American Express when that oil scandal popped up, which just decimated the stock and he bought it cheap. He bought Bank of America when it's on the bones of his ass about to go bankrupt. Uh-huh, and he exactly. bought convertible notes. He put five billion and then he converted them and bought more. Yeah. And he bought um, you know, Apple at 10 times earnings. When everyone said the gross gone, Apple's fucked. 10 times earnings, man. He bought it then. And I think Charlie is a big, he was a big mover in that with Warren. He kind of invented that with Warren, that they need to scale doing that. And now I feel that Alibaba is kind of on the operating table with all these uncertainties and incredible. What's Alibaba at? 122. There's definitely, there's definitely a lot of pain when you're when you're early, but yeah, but that's when you make the most money. But yeah, when you're when you're early, you get your teeth kicked in for six yeah. months or a year, and yeah. then it pays off huge. Yeah, yeah, that's your right. It, it's hard because I'm getting my teeth. I'm down a hundred grand on that position, and it's not fun. It's like yeah, I'm down <laughs> you know, it's not like a. It, it is true. You have to have the stomach for it. But I think of all my positions I've made in. And the money is made in being able to go through those. You have to pick your point. You can't just wait and wait and wait and try and pick the bottom. People who, who pick bottoms get smelly fingers. And you can't do that. <laughs> you have to go in early and just cop it, like you said, Dalton, and just get bashed. I, yeah. I love I love the stock financially and business-wise. I I'm still just, use it like every month for business because I, I have I'm, a business import from China. But Yeah. I just don't trust the government. Like, I just don't know what the hell they're going to, and I just wouldn't put anything past them. You know, do you think they would, do you think they would kill their own golden goose? I think, I think they've already started to, and they I didn't think it was going to go this far. Player out. Yeah. They're, they're doing a lot of crazy stuff now where they're doing they're a real, lot of things. They're really jumping things. on people. Not just this. They're doing this with, they just told Didi to delist from the American stock exchange. They, they're telling all these companies like get well, out of the American stock. Well, I understand they'll. It's just the American stock exchange, but that's a lot of money to be gone. Well, I don't from. think the New York stock. I don't think the New York stock exchange wants to delist Alibaba because of the fees that they paid in NYSE. And I don't think that Alibaba really wants to delist either because of the. That's true. Flipping, right? They don't want to. And besides that, Alibaba is not one of the companies that hasn't provided the auditing reports to the US. US stock exchange. So they're not in a position to just delist. Like I, I think you make a strong case. And I I, I do I hope it recovers because I want I want to see everybody make money. I want to see you make money and people that are we'll in this see, but, I don't know. Maybe it won't. I just, maybe I'll lose everything. Like who who fucking knows? But you go. No, no, I, I agree. Like who knows? Like I think you I think you've done a lot of research in it and all of your points are really smart and uh very enticing for people to buy this you made some great arguments and it's not a bunch of bullshit like synthetic shares and all this other shit it's real it's Don't real start. fact yeah you know, throwback you to this. earlier episodes. yeah i could so, be wrong though like i could be wrong I, well I you're wrong in no. the sense that it's significantly undervalued yeah i'm just worried about the government oh, yeah that's yeah. that's what i'm worried about I could be wrong there too. You know, who knows what they're going to do. It's massive political risk, and that's the only real risk. The business is great. 
Um, I didn't have an importing and exporting business until Alibaba, and they just make it so easy. I can run and contact any Chinese textile, um, cosmetic manufacturing house right out of China, right in the palm of my hand, Alibaba. I think Jack Ma hostage video. Yeah. The the product and service is great. The government is concerning, but I do agree, Lloyd, when you're early, it hurts. And I bought Teladoc Health (laughs) right before the earnings report because I had done my homework and I knew the earnings was going to be a beat. Um, And it was a beat and it ran up 10% in a couple days after the earnings report came out. And now I'm sitting down 30%. I only have 5% (laughs) of my portfolio in the stock, but still I'm kind of looking at it like, and so I bought puts to kind of hedge it in the yeah. in the short term but i'm sitting there like honestly what the fuck like that's something you can do too sometimes so that shit happens and it's so yeah. so fr- fucking frustrating it makes no sense if you thought about that. doing that to hedge your your uh investment with baba yeah buy uh, buy puts on it in the in the short term and net try to net out some of the i haven't but i could i could sell call options on it really i mean it it you can do that for an income. It's just, oh, I just like to sit and make money lazily. I don't really yeah. want to. Lloyd but, loves the passive action. Yeah, I agree. Of investing. I agree. I don't He's do like, that I don't want to. His work, do people do that for a living. I don't know. Not to, not to sell calls, to actually just buy like a straight put on Baba. Like well, I did that in, in Peladoc because I was losing like 5% per day. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? So yeah, I just yeah. like, I, I have yeah. to put some, yeah. something on it. So at least I'm going to make money. Go ahead now, yeah, drop yeah. all you want. I'm fine yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good hedge. It's a good hedging position. I think it's smart yeah. too. If it falls below 100 bucks, I'll probably do that and black shit. Oh, yeah. A bit of a YOLO down, downside exactly. play. But, um, but I, some I, of those. I, yeah. I think what's interesting about is understanding the Chinese culture. It's like they are making changes to the tech, but that's what they did in the States with Facebook and Google, like, and Microsoft. Remember when Microsoft was in court for monopoly behavior? But look at this. It's yeah. now the most valuable company in the world. Like, so I think it's just there's this weird narrative going on with Australia and the States versus China. Like, there's actually a weird war narrative going on, which is flipping crazy. But China's become like the new Russia in Bond films all of a sudden, overnight. And yeah. it's like you talk to you talk to an American about China. It's like, they're the devil. Like, they're evil. And this is the difference in culture. And I think that they are doing the right thing for their people. And that's weird because it's not actually capitalism per se. It's more like a socialistic experience with how they're given. And that that is going to be good for the people for sure. They are good at looking after their people, actually. It's just weird. I like, I like how you said the socialist experience. It's a very clever way to say communism. I like yeah, it. Well, they're com- well, <laughs> well so it's like, yeah, well, they are communists. But at the same time, they've got a... a uh, a capitalistic i would say canada is socialist we're <laughs> social capitalists we are okay? man i'm trying to i try and think about it like they just changed the the the, the laws around education because it was it was unfair to the people that didn't have the cash that is so anti-capitalist like that's so anti-american that that it's like what you did what you know what i mean and i think that's i think china's state-sponsored capitalism where yeah. they're controlling yeah. the capital, they are the the market. They are the everything. vehicle that you can yeah. make money from. You know, yeah. they control Great. everything. Great way yeah. to explain. I don't think yeah. they're going to just pull the rug out from their own economy because they have these massive plans for world domination. Obviously, by the looks of it, and you need a lot of money to to fund their military. You need all this cash. They need to keep the capitalism 
rolling. It's working for them. And as they saw what happened with Russia with where and how it they failed, they're like, they're no, yeah. we need money. No, this is a world that we're using our capitalism, but they're doing it own state-sponsored yeah. way they're doing, doing it, it undemocratically yeah they're like so, look like we're capitalists we're communists <laughs> fuck you but you know what it's said something bad about Jinping yeah. or about the government and then yeah. he disappeared for months and then made a hostage tape next to a tree i'm okay yeah. everything's great it's really, it's really interesting Re- like I've been re-education campaign yeah mm-hmm. i've been to china a handful of times done business there literally been in china and as you walk around doing business in China, you don't feel like a communist. Uh, you don't like, want to go back there after this video. No, 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 no. But, but like you just don't. Like you just walk around there and they're just doing all the same things as what we're doing. It's a weird thing. It's not like you're in some village in Russia being no, oppressed. No, the people are great. It's like, strange. I have nothing, nothing wrong with the people. It's their government. It's the Chinese Communist Party. It's it's that type of system that I don't like. It, the people yeah. are they're just like us. They're just trying to get through their day, feed their family. Yeah, but I think um, so. I think look, bottom line is with Bubba, time will tell. I'm glad I wasn't buying when the when the when it was forty times earnings and everything was certain and everyone loved China. I'm glad I didn't buy then. I'm happy to buy when everyone hates it. It's just it's just so less risky. I, I think agree. that when you look at risk and and building your portfolio, people think that buying now is risky because it feels that way from the news. But buying when it's at all-time highs, when consensus is high, is also very, very risky. Mm-hmm. So when they're when they're when they're telling you not to buy is when you should buy. When they're telling you to buy is when you should not buy. Generally, be greedy, be greedy when people are fearful, fearful and fearful when people are greedy. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. So right, put guys. it in the chat. We made them rich by outsourcing manufacturing. Yes. Yeah, that was from <laughs> Stephen Moore. You guys, the U.S. made them rich. The West made them yeah. rich by outsourcing. Yeah. And yeah. they, they're, the, they're the best. Anyways, we're coming to the end of the show. So we're going to sign off here. Lloyd, where can they find you and learn more about you? You can just go to my Instagram. At Alibaba.com. <laughs> <laughs> all, Alibaba all in. Uh, Alibaba slash LloydRoss.org. You can find yeah. it there. Go, go Lloyd James Ross. Yeah, man, we really got to be careful. Lloyd might have to go back to China for business, man. <laughs> yeah, nah, I ain't yeah, going yeah, back there. I ain't going back there again. Like no way. I ain't <laughs> going back there again. After this video, no way. None of us are going to China after this video. Oh, I'm just man. over here. I'm not saying anything, but I'm I would part like of it, to go anyways. To so, what was your favorite part of China, by the way? Sorry to keep this going, but I'm just interested. ADR oh, yeah. ADR Empa is going to share this video with his with his guys over in China, and it's going to be bad news. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> the guy. When, I, when I first went to China, Shanghai was amazing. The French concession area in Shanghai is cool, and then Beijing's okay. They shouldn't really call it the Great Wall; it's like the All Right Wall because there's so many people there at the same day that you're there. It's like ah, it's like. But I mean, interesting culture, good people, but very hard to do business with. I would say. So I, so I, uh, we have a lot of, I work in aerospace, so we deal with a lot of people from other countries. And last year we had these guys from Japan come and we were doing some business with the Japanese. And when they came, they, I was, uh, I was in meetings with them and their translator talking to them about, they wanted to send us engines to work on. And when they came over, they were very like cautious and like walking around, like just very, observant and cautious looking and and like i was like what is going on they just seemed very frightened so they made a comment 
um, you guys don't, the translator translated and was like, you guys don't have guns here, do you? We're like, what? No, we're, we're at a workplace. We don't have guns here. And they're like, <laughs> they thought because of the news media, they thought that people are being shot and killed all day long. Every day. <laughs> well, they were fair, so it does sound like that. US. They were so scared to come to the U.S. because they thought that people were just being shot and killed everywhere all day long, all over the country. You know, it just, that's so, so funny. Just, it, and their culture is so different. They're so like, they're such reserved people. Yeah. And they come here, they're just so nervous. They were so scared. <laughs> they, come here like, no, and we, they come here and think we, we, there's kangaroos everywhere and they don't see any. <laughs> that's, that's actually how they walk around China, though. And you don't realize that they don't have to be scared in the United States. That's, that is part of it. You have, you're on a social credit system, you can jaywalk. Oh, we'll be sure, there soon. You got to yeah. make sure you're conducting yourself in a good thing, looking over your shoulder. Where's the CCTV? You know what I mean? Wait, how's it's the not COVID situation going there. You guys still? Have oh, we're not here? going into that. We are not. <laughs> oh, there's a moderator. I'm, a worst, I'm moderating this shit. We're ending the show before we start that. Okay. Remember, I wait, have power. Wait, one last thing, Lloyd. Did you pay your fine? Which one? The <laughs> Which fine am I supposed to... Man, we're, we're so regulated here. What fine? We were doing a podcast once, and you're like, we got off the show, and you're like, holy shit. Last the time you were on the show. knocked on my door. Just I heard after the you got back from Oh, the, the federal police were here. Yeah. Where were you on oh, vacation? Yeah, where did you Someone go on vacation? Me, uh, I legged, yeah. I legged it out early to go vacation. I broke the, uh, the lockdown times. What did they find you? Nothing. They just said, oh, we're sorry about this. People do this dumb shit all the time, dropping people in. <laughs> like, it's stupid. Yeah. Wow. And then the military came, put us in a concentration camp, and then, no, I'm just kidding. You <laughs> <laughs> just got out but, now. Did you have to make uh, an apology video on Twitter? No, nah, it's like the, they're doing their job, but they're just doing such, like, pe- people here and everywhere, they're such victims. They just, if you, they see you doing well, or they just want to make your life miserable. So they called up crime stuff and said, oh, they did this. And that's bullshit. Like, it, I think the world right now is interesting. And this is a part of being successful too, is there are two types of people in the world, period. This is two victims and victors. That's it. And I think the biggest problem is most people are soft and they're victims. And if you go follow Joe Rogan for a bit, you're like, that's what's happened to the world. Everyone just got soft and sensitive. And the victors, people who have a good attitude, they just move through life and succeed because they're not playing the victim card. And the same goes for your investing. Like, are you a victim or a victor? Because if a victor does what Dalton did, they get a seek mentorship, they get an understanding, and they are yearning to learn and upskill. And that's the result of that. Dalton's success is a result. And all of our success is a result of that. So however you look at the world, there's two types of people and just figure out which one you are. You're absolutely right. 100%. All right. All right, Dalton, where can we find you uh, before we start talking about other topics? Oh, one more thing. No, no you're just you should. As always, uh, my Instagram, uh, which is Rizmay Life, R I S M A Y L I F E, and my blog articles are always shared in the group and in courtcapital.com slash blog. And we talked about Alibaba. We talked about uh, Lloyd talking about business and success and stuff like that. Please download the Alibaba app. And if anybody ever wanted to start an import or export business and you, you've ever wanted to be a, a shirt manufacturer, a jean manufacturer, a cosmetic or, or skincare line, whatever, please download the Alibaba app. Look through the suppliers. It literally puts China's manufacturing power in the palm of your hand. That is wow. the real big thing about it. I use it for my business. 
it's great. The the service is great. All right, Tony, I'm gonna allow you to I've got a ball here. This is great. <laughs> All right, Tony, where can we find you? Uh, Stock Rose Podcast and on the group. And obviously, check out my course on sale at Udemy. Like we talked about investing in yourself. $9.99. Come on. I mean, everybody could afford that on sale. And sure. uh, over about 150 students. And uh, it's like 4.4 stars out of five. So I can't complain. Hell yeah. Amazing numbers. Yeah. Yep. All right, everybody, this is Stock Dirty to Me, the number one podcast for beginner investors to start creating their wealth. I want to thank Lloyd, Dalton, Tony, and of course, you guys watching here and listening as well. We'll see you 